I was just saying. I don't care about your opinion. I just well, I'll tell you what I think. What's that you're saying? Would you just listen? I don't think so. Remember, ladies, one must not get one's knickers in a twist. I just... Please listen. I'm trying to help you. Listen. I don't think so. Excuse me. Well, I don't care. I don't care. Listen. Shut up and listen. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Shut Up and Listen. Um, again, I'm so thankful for all of your reviews and all of your positive feedback, and I can't believe that, you know, we have listeners across the pond and in Brazil and in the Philippines. Hello, you guys. Um, I see you. I'm grateful. And today I am so excited that um, I have here with me somebody that I have been a huge fan of for such a long time, like truly. Um, I only I only desire to have people on here that I love and respect and, and value um, as human beings and as artists and as creatives. And um, yeah, I have Clea Duval Hello. sitting here with me <laughs> who... Um, I mean, for fuck's sakes, you've been in everything. <laughs> Argo, Girl Interrupted, American Horror Story, and, like, you just directed The Intervention, which was fucking fabulous and also um, garnered such positive reviews. That And you also wrote it. Um, so, hi. hi. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Good. I haven't seen you since Trump got elected yes, and no. has become... Madman in chief. Yes, yes, <laughs> that has happened. Unfortunately for all of us. How are you? Like, how are you? Well, I mean, I was really not good for a while. Um, from like election night on, before it was even over, I like had this sinking feeling when like the first few states that he won came in and there were states that he was going to win. But then I just got this horrible feeling that he was going to win. And then all night I was so stressed out. I went out and bought a pack of cigarettes, even though I didn't smoke anymore. Um, and I just, I, I, and then it was just like a free fall for months and it was really like, it wasn't until, I mean, after he was, after the inauguration and after, like, it became real, because I, I think I was just in denial about it. I was in denial the entire time. I just, you know, the first time I heard that he was running, I was like, well, that's a joke. Yeah. That's never going to happen. And I didn't take it seriously. And then even, you know, as it got closer, it just never crossed my mind that that could become reality. And then... It did become reality, but then it still wasn't real. It was like something's going to happen. Like yeah. there's no way that people are going to let that guy be in charge of this whole country. That's just not going to happen. And it, you know, and then he got inaugurated, and I was like, oh, so we're really <laughs> that's really it, huh? Yeah. Really making that choice. Like I wish that there was a thing in inaugurations like they have at weddings where they say like if you if anyone thinks yes <laughs> these people shouldn't be joining holy matrimony speak now or forever hold your peace like I just kept waiting for like 
you know, like a, a romantic comedy, like somebody to run down the aisle saying like, no, no, this was a mistake. Like, yeah. don't do it. But that didn't happen. There was no like Julia Roberts running in to save us <laughs> from, uh, from that. And then I think once it like I kind of accepted. I mean, I still don't accept it. I still am just like with each thing that he does and each new piece of information we get about him I'm just like well something somebody's gonna do something right like somebody but I I guess not I guess not I guess that party of our country thing is is pretty real yeah but maybe there's and then I have that like the feeling of like well maybe maybe there's something going on that we don't know about and like it's just like a long game and then He's going to get impeached and then we'll be stuck. I mean, that's the worst part of it is that I'd rather have Mike Pence who basically thinks that I don't like that my entire life is invalid. Yeah. You know, that that I would rather have him. Yeah. You know, that's a long answer. But then I started listening. I stopped being on Twitter very much. Like I don't really go on it very much anymore because that was making me crazy and took it off my phone and, um, and then I started listening to the Rana and Beverly podcast. Do you ever listen to that? No. Oh, my God. They're so funny. And it's literally all I've been listening to for the last, like, month. Okay. And it makes me feel better. Okay. It's made me feel better. Okay. I'm going to check it out. The it's on- very funny. The only... Have you listened to My Favorite Murder? I started listening to My Favorite Murder, and I was really into it, but then I started feeling really afraid. Really? Yeah. Okay. It made me feel really scared. It was fascinating, but then every person I looked at, I was like, you're going to murder, dismembering somebody later tonight. Yeah. And yeah. It's not. I, don't, I, th- I think the world is scary enough, and like we're all living in enough fear yeah. that it's, I, had to, I had to take a break. Hi, yeah. puppy. Yeah, well, I definitely, Tagalong has made her appearance. Um, <laughs> like, she really is like the, the, the cuddle bug of, so of this cute. podcast. She's the one that's really in charge. Um, no, it's so funny, you know, the the things that calm me down, you know, like my favorite murder, for example, I, I feel like a sense of empowerment, Mm -hmm. you know, aside from the fact that I have such an incredibly dark sense of humor Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) and they just really make me laugh and make me feel less alone. Um, (laughs) And also, you know, I, I don't think about this as much anymore, you know, but I, I'm always somewhat aware that, Oh, I could die today. Mm, I could mm -hmm. die today. Mm -hmm. I could, I could get hit by a bus Mm -hmm. or killed by a homeless person. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, because of, where I live in uh, downtown Los Angeles. Um, so I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. What has your experience been being an actor in this industry? Mm-hmm. You know, um, being a a woman who is a, in this industry, being a director and a screenwriter in this industry and, how has your love evolved for what you do or devolve? How, how has it changed you? Um, I'm, I'm always so curious to know. Like, have you had the experience of getting, quote unquote, bitter or discouraged? 
you know, I always, the way that I look at my life is that the best things in my life haven't happened yet. Mm. And even though I've had a lot of successes and I've had a lot of highs, I've had just as many, if not more lows. Yeah. And I never, you know, and even when things are like the best that they've ever been, I, I think I used to feel really afraid when things were good. Mm. Um, Cause then I was like, well, this can't, you know, it's not going to be good forever and then I'm going to lose it. And so I couldn't enjoy good things because I was so aware of them ending. And now I feel like, you know, these are, you know, when good things happen, I'm so aware that they're good and I'm so like, you know, conscious of like being grateful and, um, and I know that, you know, I've had so many moments in my life where I thought this is as good as it's ever going to be. And Mm. then, you know, it could be years later, but something even better happens. So I think like, you know, I, I don't, I mean, that's how I'm able to deal with how unstable it is and how, you know, unfair it feels sometimes. And I don't get, you know, like, I don't feel bitter because I still, you know, every single day I'm on a set, I can't believe that I'm, I get to be there. Yeah. You know, like, it never is lost on me how lucky I am that that is my job and that that's what going to work means for me. Yeah. So I think, like... I, you know, and I think I really accepted a long time ago that I'm not, you know, I was never going to be Reese Weatherspoon. I was never going to be, you know, a huge movie star. That was just not, you know, I'm, I'm just not, I'm not like for whatever reason, that was just like not my fate. Like I'm not the like typical, you know, woman. I'm, you know, a little weird. I'm very weird. And like, you know, and I think that's great. And I think that's why, you know, I got the jobs that I got because there was no one else. Like if you wanted me, you weren't going to want anyone else, you know? And I think being specific is, you know, being a specific kind of person has its advantages and its disadvantages, but I'm so grateful for the advantages that I've gotten. Yeah. Being me. And did you always feel that way? No, no. I think, you know, I think when I was younger, I, I mean, I always, like, I can't be inauthentic. I can't, I just can't do it. I I have tried to, you know, like, I've tried to play the game in the way I thought I should be playing the game, and I'm just not good at it. I just don't know how to do it. And some people can. Some people, like, I've watched people be you know, just kind of regular people and then go through that movie star transformation and it's destroyed them. Mm. And then they've become these like hollow shells of their former selves. And there's a cost to that, you know, for some, some people can do it and some people can handle it and they're supposed to be movie stars. And I admire them because it's not an easy thing to be. Um, I know that like, I'm just saying like in the, in the scope of the you know, the entertainment industry, I know that there are harder things to be in the world. I'm not saying that. Like, yeah, no, <laughs> for sure. The hardest job in the world. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that, like, you know, what you give up to have that is a lot, you know, a lot of things that I think that people not aren't in that position to really take for granted. 
Um, so I have, you know, but I don't, you know, I don't know. I feel like I just got off track. No, you did I feel like I'm saying that being a movie star is so hard. I don't know. I just look at movie stars and I'm like, God, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you bring up, you bring up, um, several interesting points and I'm sitting here with such gratitude that we get to have this discussion because like you, I knew I was never going to be a Reese Witherspoon or a Kitty Holmes or whatever the fuck. Mm -hmm. And I did have the experience of going through a period of time. And I've, I've talked about it before where I really was resentful Mm. and I really was angry. Mm -hmm. Um, because in this industry there, there's a, a clear tendency to put actors in a box Mm -hmm. And this is, this is part of the checklist Mm -hmm. that you fall under Mm -hmm. and we're not, um, we either don't have the willingness, um, or the capability to see you, you know, beyond that narrow scope. Mm -hmm. And, and for someone like me, I, I I would get so frustrated because I was like, I'm capable of so much more. Mm-hmm. I'm capable of so much more just as an actor. Mm-hmm. And as I've gotten older, you know, uh, I've gotten to have that profound shift in thinking, and and it's gone from resentment to gratitude mm-hmm. in regards to. And I think a label like character actor is such a fucking oxymoron because mm-hmm. isn't that what we do? We're playing characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but the gratitude that I do have in knowing that like, I will always work, mm-hmm. you know, I will always work. And the roles that I get to play are a fuck ton more interesting, mm-hmm. you know, than the classic quote unquote ingenue that um really is just a human prop in most cases for the straight white male Mm -hmm. and his fantasy Mm -hmm. um and in regards to what you were talking about like movie stars and and what they give up yeah they they definitely do give up quite a bit you know privacy um being the biggest one and and really access to simple things like walking down the street mm-hmm. and getting to be honest and getting to be authentic in that way because mm-hmm. there is a quote-unquote image to maintain. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's a shame that there's still such a, a shackle connected to if you want to be if you want to be a movie star, one of the steps to being that is that you have to give up all of who you are, mm-hmm. you know, in order to appease the masses. Um, unless then you're someone like Meryl Streep, you know, yeah. who um, has always been honest and has always been open and has always been vocal, mm-hmm. you know, but there's nobody else like fucking Meryl Streep. Yeah. Um, and also she's at an age now where I feel she's, you know, um, paid her dues Mm -hmm. as it were. 
Mm-hmm. And so where has your authenticity and your inability to be inauthentic and fake served you? How has it served you? And what does it potentially cost you? I think that it makes it, you know, I think it serves me in that, you know, I think it really serves me in directing, you know, I think that getting, you know, making the movie and like, being in the editing room and being able to find, you know, because there are, no matter how good of an actor you are, you're not going to like every single second of every single take is not going to be a hundred percent. It's just, that's why there's editing, you know, that otherwise go do, you know, go do a play. Mm -hmm. And I think that there are so many variables on a movie set and it's really hard, especially shooting an independent film. Like there's no time, you have no money, everything is being so rushed. So, you know, you, you know, but like finding those takes and finding those moments where, yes, that it's dialed in there, you know, and being able to like tell that story and in writing too. Like, I think it, it really, I can see it. Like I know bullshit when I see it. And I think that you, and I think there are a lot of, you know, and I don't know that everyone is as dialed in to that, you know, when a movie doesn't work or something doesn't quite feel right it's not you know I don't know I think it's 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 something that you can't quite put put your finger on and I think I mean I don't know I've made one movie so what the hell do I know but like you know that that's where it really it served me in that capacity um I think it hurts me socially um because I can't have the small talk I can't have you know I'm just not interested in having a conversation about nothing or pretending that I feel a way that I don't feel or you know I don't and I it's hard for me to you can't to connect with people who I you know don't feel are being their authentic selves and I think that a lot of people have a hard time being their authentic selves because they don't know some people don't know who that person is and some people are too afraid and I think like stripping away you know whatever the you know the pleasantries and getting down to like who that person really is is very interesting to me I don't do well in a group I do well one-on-one I do well like you know and I and I think that it you know I it it makes me not want to engage in the world you know and that is it's hard for me sometimes to want to participate in being a person you know no I I fully 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 get it I'm the worst dinner guest (laughs) I'm the worst dinner guest because I want to talk about sex and I want to talk about death and I want to talk about politics and Mm -hmm. I want to talk about what is your biggest fear Mm -hmm. you know what is your greatest desire Mm -hmm. are you going after your dreams right why why not yeah what is it that compels you what is it that you long for yeah you know um how have you gotten to grow spiritually emotionally Mm -hmm. you know like what has changed you and 
And I don't know if that's partially because I, I'm an actor and a creative and, and a storyteller that I, I just love the human condition mm-hmm. or if it's really, <clears throat> I have, I have such a desire to let people know that they're allowed to be seen, mm-hmm. like truly seen. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing that really terrifies most people is that the greatest desire is to be seen and it's the biggest fear. I think larger than death, it's the fear of being seen because underneath that it's, fuck, if you really see me, Mm -hmm. you are going to run. You are going to bolt. You are going to go. And... And so they they never allow themselves the opportunity to have that experience because what then if what if my greatest fear turns out to be true? Yeah. And I can't imagine that devastation. Yeah. So it's 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 a lifetime of of protecting that um fear. It's yeah. a lifetime of protecting from that potential pain. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and with that too, then individuals rob themselves of the opportunity mm-hmm. of getting to have another experience of getting to be seen and held in love. Yeah. Because that then also means that they have to let go of the story that they've had their whole entire lives, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so even if it's, it makes for a miserable existence, at least it's comfortable and cozy and yeah. familiar. Yeah. You know, um, and I'm a hermit. I never leave my house. Mm -hmm. I like never, ever, ever leave my house. Um, and I do, I do well one-on-one as well. We're in very small groups of people that I know intimately well, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think it's, it's, it's so interesting to be in the positions that we are. You know, mm-hmm. when you were talking about like a film quite not getting it, you know, um, and, and it's true. Like if, if you have individuals, whether it is the writer or the director or the actor, and they are focusing on the result as opposed to knowing the truth which is that they're conduits for these characters to mm-hmm. come through they're conduits they're conduits for a story to come through yeah um we all feel that in the audience like we all fucking feel it because we go to the movies to see ourselves we don't yeah. go to see fucking movie stars mm-hmm. we go to see ourselves and have the hope that we'll be fucking transformed at the end of two hours mm-hmm that will walk away from a movie inspired or conflicted or, you know, I feel like they have the capacity to open up the wounds to allow like the, the start of a healing process to take place, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so we're given that privilege and I feel the ones that take it for granted and the ones that um, are are more concerned with their own fucking ego, mm-hmm. you know, um, a I don't know how some of them still fucking work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like apparently, the box office doesn't really mean anything unless you're a woman. 
Um, so for you, like what have been some of those films? Like what, what films have touched you in that way? Um, where you left that fucking theater and you were like, fuck. Um, I felt that way about Moonlight. Um, and a movie that really got me that I like can't, that I couldn't get out of my head that I saw again in the theater was Arrival. I was so blown away by that movie and by Amy Adams in that movie. I thought it was one of, it's one of my favorite performances I've ever seen. I thought it was just so like beautiful and layered. And when you watch it again and you know what's going on, it makes her performance that much more amazing. And I just, I really loved it. I'm grinning from (laughs) ear to ear right now because for those of you that listened um, last week, I literally was just talking with um, my previous guest, Shane Moss, about Arrival. Um, I just just watched it in like the last week. Oh, you didn't see it? I hadn't seen it yet. Did you see it in the theater? I didn't. I saw it right up there on my wall Mm -hmm. Um, because I I was having a conversation with a friend of mine um, and, and talking about just profound spiritual experiences and changes and like, because I'd been looking through some old journals from years ago and like 2009, 2010. And I'd read some things where I was like, oh my God, this is like past me talking to present me. Like this is exactly what I needed to read in that moment. And it it, it started me to think about how if past, present, future are all happening in the grand moment of now, how we can leave ourselves breadcrumbs in terms of you know like a journal entry from like 2010 and that the emotional or spiritual impact it would have on me presently and then it led me to thinking about they talk about like law of attraction blah 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 like manifestation in regards to visualization and it led me to thinking about visualization or visions that like I have of myself in the future where I don't have to force the image. I see myself in my office at my production company. I see the desk. I feel the chair. I see my assistant come in. I see the, the like um, posters on the wall of the films that like we've already produced. And after then seeing Arrival, I was like, oh my God, that what if like those visions that we have are really just us tapping into future self, you know? Um, Because what that's allowed then for me as I continue to meditate upon it is there's a sense of calm and there's like a sense of knowing, you know? So there's no fear of, Oh my God, this isn't, this isn't going to happen. There's the, the sense of, okay, 
Like I see where I'm going. I don't know exactly how I'm going to get there, but I am going to get there. And then trusting even more in like the intuitive moments that I have where I am walking down the street and I'm supposed to be going right, but I have that still small voice, that thing that says, go left. Mm -hmm. And if those intuitive moments are of me in the future having a memory Mm-hmm. of the past mm-hmm. if that makes sense mm-hmm. <laughs> so it, it it blew my fucking mind and I really do find and I'm so fucking sorry listeners that I say this again and again but at least then you know I'm not a fucking liar that every single thing in my life has happened exactly the way it was meant to happen mm-hmm. like the quote-unquote negative things mm-hmm. um the positive things because it's all led me to like here right mm-hmm. now. Um, <clears throat> and, and that's what I'm more interested in now today than anything else. You know, it's um, because I know I'm being taken care of. I've, I've, I've never not. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it allows my focus then to um, be more about how am I going to be wowed today? Mm-hmm. Like in what way do I get to be present um, and available for the fucking like magic that is the, the universe we get to experience, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I normally ask this like at the end, but because we're on it now, I'm going to do it now. Okay. <clears throat> what has your experience been in terms of, listening to that still small voice, listening to that intuitive thought, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's you think of somebody and they call you or, you know, you're supposed to go right, but you have an intuitive thought to go left. Mm-hmm. And w- what has that experience been for you in your life? Like creatively, personally, spiritually? I feel like it happens to me all the time. I feel like they're, you know, what I'm from LA. So I feel like I'm allowed to talk about like, new age stuff but I really (laughs) feel like you know I've I've become very good at seeing like the the markers you know that you okay you're doing the right thing or Mm -hmm. you're on the right path or like acknowledging you know because I think it's really easy to like talk yourself out of things or talk yourself into things or be you know paralyzed by the fear of having to make a choice But I think that if you, you know, you get really quiet and you really, like, ask yourself, you know, what you want or what is right. Well, I think also removing the idea of right decisions and wrong decisions is really important because you only have the decision that you made. It's not right or it's, you know, and maybe you didn't get what you wanted from that decision the res- as a result of that decision but it doesn't mean that it was the wrong decision it means that that's the decision that's what that's the outcome that you needed at that time you know and I think like I mean it happens to me all the time that I'm thinking about somebody but not just somebody who I talk to all the time but like a random person and I'm thinking about them and then they call or they talk nobody calls anymore and if they do I don't answer the phone but <laughs> Um, I will answer the phone sometimes, but generally I don't. I also don't listen to my voicemails, which makes people, other people crazy, but I just don't see the need to listen to them 
unless it's somebody that I don't know or unless it's work or something like that. But if it's like someone that I know, I would just text them. Just text me. Let's just talk about it. It's not a big deal. Hmm. Why are you calling me? Or I'll just call the person back. Okay. But I won't listen to a voicemail message. I don't know what it is. Um, I have like 150 unlisten- unplayed voicemails on oh my, my phone. Oh, my God. really drives people insane. Um, but, you know, I, you know, or, you know, you have, I, I don't know. I th- and, and maybe it's, maybe I'm making things into things when they're not really, but I've found that, you know, I don't know. And I, I don't know. I just think that that is a totally real thing and I don't know what's going on, but I do think that there is, you know, I do think that they, we all are supposed to be supposed to have certain experiences in our lives and there are, you know, you know, aids that appear and I, and I do get good at listening. I have gotten good at listening to that when that happens. Because I've never had, I've never, I've never tried to convince myself that something meant something and then it didn't mean something. I think the things that, it's all, it's more intuitive than that. It's not like, you know, like, oh, I see, you know, you have that bottle stuck and that means that I'm stuck in this situation and I'm, when I get out of here, I'm going to call and get out of the situation. You know, it's not like that. Yeah. Where it's just, you know, little you know, little things like I have a creative partnership that I'm in right now. And I, we were like, I was in his office and we were talking and I looked on the wall and he had this poster that he had been given of this event and the event took place on the day I was born. And I was like, Oh, that's weird. That's, I don't know. Like, and maybe that's nothing, but that feels like significant to me of just like, Oh, you're in the, you know, that, because it's not just the the date it's also the year I was born and it's like you know I don't know it felt meaningful to me and then that you know maybe the whole thing will fall apart but maybe that even if it falls apart maybe that'll lead to something else that comes together it's just you know life is a long game you know it goes by quick but it's a long game and you know things don't I don't know I I think of things like I wanted to direct a movie when I was in my 20s but I wouldn't have been able to do that you know I would have completely fallen apart it would have been awful and I didn't I didn't have the strength then to do it and then I you know and then when it came together it all happened in this this like domino effect that just laid it all out perfectly and it wasn't easy along the way like there were a lot of things were hard a lot of things fell apart there were a lot of moments where it felt like it was not going to happen and then it all did happen and it all worked out as well as it could have you know and even though it everything wasn't exactly what I wanted you know it's I don't know I don't know I mean it sounds like you know I mean it's it's really it's it's the meaning of anything is the meaning that you give it right so it's if you say that something doesn't mean anything then it's not going to mean anything but if you say that something does mean something Mm -hmm. then it means something and it doesn't really matter what other people think yeah well we make things mean things things don't mean things without us you know what is that thing what is what thing that red thing is that from rainbow bright that is from rainbow bright what is that thing called i haven't seen one i think it's it's called a sprite sprite yeah right yeah, it's like the only, it's the only, one of the two things that I have, like, from my childhood. I think I had one of those. It looks very familiar. 
Yeah. It's, um, well, it obviously was, I said, is that from Rainbow Bright? Yeah. And it was. So yeah. obviously I do know what it is, but I just haven't seen one probably yeah. in 30 years. Yeah. It's, um, hey, puppy. it's, it's, uh, it makes me smile. Yeah. It makes me smile. Um, it's hanging out with my, my dog's ashes right now. Oh, <laughs> cool. <laughs> <laughs> cool pair yeah it's a great pair yeah. um in case he needs a buddy yeah. um so do you find though that the things that that didn't go your way for example with with the film that you wrote and directed and starred in like did it have to do with like people that you weren't able to get in regards to casting or location or budget, what was it for you? I mean, our budget got cut. We had actors drop out. You know, we had, you know, the, the, we were there at that time of year where we were shooting, there were storms all the time and the power would go out and the bathrooms would, because the power was connected to the bathroom plumbing situation, we wouldn't, you know, like, the bathrooms wouldn't work and it was a thousand degrees and the air conditioning didn't work and it was like the lights wouldn't work you know just like a lot of you know nothing goes the way you want it to on a movie I don't think that you can you know I don't think you can direct a movie and expect anything to happen the way you think it's going to you can have a plan but you also need to be adaptable. And I think that's, you know, being on sets for the last 20 years, I really learned that. And so I felt comfortable when things, everything falls apart. You're like, okay, well, what, what are we going to do? Yeah. How can we fix it? Mm-hmm. I've been on sets where worse things happened and we figured it out then. So what are we going to do now? You know, and it's, you have to finish it. You have to, you don't have a choice. You have to get those scenes or you're not going to have those scenes and then you're not going to have the movie. So just do it. Yeah. You know, and I think, I think, you know, I did not come from privilege. I didn't, you know, we were really, we had no money growing up and I, nothing was handed to me. Like I didn't have, you know, like nothing, nothing came easy and that's the best thing that could have happened. I think not getting what you want is so important. Yeah. You know, and having thing having to adapt to whatever your reality is instead of like fighting it is you know I don't know I think makes for better people no for sure because then there there's um yeah then you don't take really anything for granted you're grateful for every single opportunity and with that I I find there is a sense of worthiness that comes with it too. You know, like I've, I've earned my seat at this table. Like there is that sense of, yeah. Like I, I can say that like I've done this work, you know, like I've, I've worked my ass off Mm -hmm. to get to where I am. Mm -hmm. So there is a sense of, of pride. And, and again, I feel like that, that word gets so misconstrued, Mm -hmm. um, quite a bit. And, and when I, when I say pride, what I mean is, yeah, I, I get to be worthy of this experience. Mm -hmm. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. I get, yeah. I mean, 
I sometimes struggle with feeling like I deserve it. Mm. Anything. I think, but I have a very, you know, I, I have a complicated association with the concept of deserving things. I think that people deserve love and kindness and, you know, food and shelter and like the things that everyone needs to survive. And, but I think like entitlement for me, and I don't, and I'm, and I know that deserving things and being entitled to things and feeling entitled to things are very, it's very different. Yeah. But it always lands for me in the same way of like, I don't know if I'll ever feel like I deserve this thing, you know, which maybe I should, but I just, you know, I think, I don't know. I have a really, I I have a hard time feeling like I belong anywhere. And Mm. I think, you know, that's, you know, my own issue or whatever, but I do, you know. And when I accomplish something, I'm like, yeah, that's great. And I'm so happy that I did. I feel really proud of myself that I made the movie. I can't believe that it's a real thing. Like, yeah, it doesn't really, you know, it all happened so fast. And now it's done. And the movie came out. And it's so weird that there's like a movie on iTunes that I wrote and directed. And I'm in with my best friends. Like, yeah. it's just it's such a, like, that's a real thing that happened. Yeah. And it's so cool. And I'm so, like, I can't believe it and I'm really grateful that that happened but you know the second it was done I was like all I could think about was all the things that I learned you know and I want to do it again and I want to do it better and I'm going to like mess up other things and the next you know because there were a lot of things that were not great about the movie you know and a lot of things I could have done better but I didn't know I couldn't have done better because I didn't have the information I didn't have the experience so I couldn't make things better but now I can take that experience and do better next time and I'll do other things poorly on the next one and I think it's just this constant you know I never feel like well I did it you know I feel like I did a version of it but I can do better yeah. you know I just don't you know but I think that's okay to always want to be doing oh my gosh of course and not just feel like well I'm the best so yeah for sure you know and I, I I feel like there I'm never mm I'm going to backtrack that Mm. sentence. Okay. I've learned to slowly start embracing what it is to be satisfied. Mm. Mm -hmm. And with that, being in that power slash pleasure vortex of... Historically, I I felt so unworthy mm. in regards to everything, mm-hmm. um, and it was continually drilled into me from the time I was young, in 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 many many various ways. You know, be humble, mm-hmm. always be humble, mm-hmm. and so how I interpreted that was that if people came up to me and praised my work, Mm -hmm. I would literally turtle into myself Mm. where I felt like I wasn't, I wasn't worthy of receiving the praise. I wasn't worthy of receiving the compliment because Mm -hmm. if I did, that meant that I was egotistical Mm -hmm. and that meant I was selfish Mm -hmm. and that meant I was self-centered and I never wanted to be that. And I never wanted to do that. And, and so 
with that, that, that idea of, if I have a moment of, of looking around, of looking at my life, you know, whether it's on a set or wherever, mm-hmm. and getting to say, you know, I, I did that. Yeah. You know, like, and I, I feel that way, like with this podcast where I like wrote the music, I booked the guests, you know, I had like this, this beautiful friend, like do the artwork, you know, I, I got the equipment and I had help and I'm so grateful for that help, Mm -hmm. you know, so it's, it's not without it's, I'm not without my gratitude, Mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, individuals like you have to say yes, Mm -hmm. you know, in order for this to get to happen. And with that too, getting to have even a moment of, I like went out and I took the action. Yeah. And like, I worked my butt off and like, this is the result. Yeah. And this is awesome. And so maybe it's not a thing of deserving. I think it's the deserving of the feeling of satisfaction, Mm -hmm. the deserving of the feeling of the pleasure that you get, um, from doing what you love. Yeah that I think is, is actually a more accurate statement that you're deserving of the pleasure and the satisfaction. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think like, I get, I feel, I think it's easier when it's outside of me, you know, like Melanie Linsky, who's in the movie, she won an acting award at Sundance and I was so happy you know, because that movie is her. I wrote it for her. I think she is one of the greats and is so inspiring to me. And um, and I wanted to write this, like, a love letter to her, basically. And this part that really just made me laugh. And I knew she could do it. And I had, even though, like, I hadn't seen her really do that, I knew she could. And she knows me so well that I knew she would get you know she would get it and um and so for that to be recognized was like meant everything to me because that's all I wanted to do was just make a movie so I could put Melanie in it you know and I think that's what's so appealing to me about writing and directing and creating these worlds is creating opportunities for the people who I really like love and admire I'm not that interested in me you know I don't want to act and direct again that's not I I did not like it I'm happy that I'm in the movie I'm happy that I did that but I don't care about me you know I I want to you know like I go I've been going to see shows at UCB because one of my friends is you know does is in one of the shows there and so I've been there a lot lately and there are some such incredible comedians there who have these quick minds they're so funny and I'm like, I wish I had something, you know, I wish I had a show so I could write a part for this person, you know, and I, you know, being inspired by other people's talent and being able to give them a place to, you know, show it off is really exciting to me. And I think that is what I want to focus on more is just creating the opportunity, creating opportunities for people, you know, and and female driven stories because you know it's not a it's not a fluke whenever a female driven movie does well 
even though it's like amnesia every time. They're like, yeah. oh, my God, Arrival did so well. Hidden Figures did so well. And they're like, yeah. Yeah. Believe it or not. <laughs> I know it's crazy. <laughs> but, you know, that sounds really like I feel very inspired by that idea more than I feel inspired to like, you know, and I love being an actor. I think it's so fun and I can't believe that I get to do it. But I, you know, putting my energy towards making that happen for other people just sounds really fun and exciting. Yeah, for sure. Like you and I are, are definitely on the same page in, in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, partially, I, I feel like when one's purpose becomes bigger than oneself, mm-hmm. you know, and And, and for me, that personally gives me that much more passion and spirit and fire and determination. Mm -hmm. Um, and also with that too, like not feeling like I can take credit in that regard. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Where it's, um, it's you as a being that are inspiring me Mm -hmm. to take this action. Yeah. So it actually all goes to you. Mm-hmm. Like, I thank you for that. Yeah. You know, um, which is, I, I feel like one of the most beautiful things about getting to connect with others, mm-hmm. you know, um, especially those that are authentic, are honest, are truthful, and um, are willing to connect in that way. Mm-hmm. And, and I find it... Um, it's a very rare occurrence. Like it's a very rare occurrence to be able to connect Mm -hmm. with another human being because most are just, nope. Yeah. Nope. Not willing, not willing to do it. Don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I feel like I, I finally started to find my tribe Mm -hmm. as it were, Mm -hmm. you know, um, And I haven't asked this before, but it just, it just popped in my head. So I'm going to, where do you desire to be in like the next five years? Like, where do you like really, truly desire to be? Um, I mean, I would like to make more movies. I would like to have write a show. I would like to just, you know, have a, legitimate career as a writer and a director and still acting in things that I really like. I mean, I feel pretty good right now. Like I really, you know, I think that I feel good about where I am in my life right now. And I think, you know, I, and there are a lot of things that I'm working on and, you know, and developing things takes time. And I would like to be in a place where, you know, all the things that I'm working on right now have happened or are happening and, you know, but if they don't, then there will be other things. Yeah. There are always more ideas. Absolutely. And, and I, I guess that if the world is still here, if we if, haven't all been killed, that's right. This, this may be our last day on earth. This <laughs> you may be the last being that I see. Maybe, but I have dinner plans tonight, so I okay. can't. Okay. I I'm can't. Gonna, 
Yeah. You'll, you'll get to dinner. Yeah. Um, but after dinner, who knows? I yeah, guess after it's really dinner. up for grabs. Yeah. Make- I have a reservation, and when you don't show up for a reservation, that's really, like, not okay. It's bad yeah. etiquette. I always call if I'm going to be late. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. That's the only time you really use the phone. Oh, yeah. 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 I'll call business. I'll call strangers if we have, because it's a clean transaction. Yes. But... <laughs> And I guess it, you know, where would you like to see change within our industry? And like, what, where do you think that you get to lend yourself to um, getting to help create that change? Like, what, what specific thing for you Mm -hmm. um, are you like? Yeah, I'm willing. I'm willing to do this. This the, when I hear about this kind of injustice, mm-hmm. it gets me so fucking angry, and it fires me up even more to take action. It's funny, like the stuff with the you know, because obviously there's some sexism happening in the entertainment industry. It's not a secret or a surprise to anyone, but I feel like. I don't know. I feel like people are more aware. I feel like that, you know, people want to diversify and not just, you know, like having more women, but people of color. I really feel like the consciousness has been raised and people, you know, are starting to put their money where their mouth, mouth is. And I think, you know, I want to, you know, I'm a woman. Um, newsflash, spoiler alert. Um, but I, you know, and I, when I, I worked on the movie, a lot of the ma- the department heads were women, and I, being in a position where I can make movies and give jobs to women is really, you know, important to me. And I think that the more, you know, the more you make movies that people want to see, and the more success those movies have, the more you'll get opportunities. And I, I mean. The sexism thing is really bad, but I, and I get that. And it's, it's, I wish that it was different. I wish there was like one thing that somebody could do to just change it. Yeah. But I also, you know, I think that the conversations that need to be happening are happening and I feel really encouraged by that. And, you know, I, if it means that I need to be better, then I'll be better. I'm fine with having to be better than, you know, how, to get an opportunity over someone who's just kind of mediocre, which I'd rather have it that way anyway. And probably, you know, like, listen, I read (laughs) some scripts that are getting that people want to make. And I'm just like, really this movie? No, have fun. Go hire whoever, whatever guy wants to do it. I'm not really that interested. This, I sound like a jerk. I wish I could take back all the last like two minutes of the things that I'm saying. What I'm trying to say in a more simplified way is I think there's a lot of room. I think there's a lot of content. I think there are a lot of places, you know, a lot of different out creative outlets for movies and TV shows or web series or whatever other things that I'm too old to understand. Um, Snapchats. I don't get, I don't know. Periscopes, Uh, MySpace, Friendster. (laughs) Um, But I, you know, and I think that, I think that people want, no, I don't, I don't know what I'm, you know what? I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'm excited that I'm in a position where 
I don't even know if I am. Who knows? I, it is my goal to create authentic stories, authentic female-driven stories, and to employ, you know, actors who I really admire and talented female crew members and male crew members and just talented people who care about doing good work. You know, and I think at the end of the day, like, I, I think it's really about like wanting to do good work and wanting to have a good working environment and wanting to tell stories that you believe in and whoever is interested in doing that. I am interested in them. Yeah, for sure. I hate everything that I'm saying. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, that last thing I feel okay about, but the things before it, I felt like I was a little jumbled. I'm a little bit hungry. My blood sugar is kind of low. Okay. I get it. I get it. I'm Um, not making a lot of sense because I I, I don't want to invalidate people's experience because I know that there is sexism and I don't want to say there isn't, but I also don't want to pour – I'm going to stop talking. (laughs) I'm going to just stop talking because I don't feel like – it just doesn't – like as it's coming out of my mouth, I'm like, well, that doesn't sound right. I understand what I understand what you're saying. I I do. I I am I'm tracking the words that you are saying. Yeah, but I feel like this is I sound like a real jerk. Okay. Well, <clears throat> I didn't I don't know what I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. I'm hungry. Okay. I'm naturally low blood sugar as it is, so okay. then when it dips low, then my brain doesn't work. I'm a little bit tired. Okay. Okay. Dog is so soothing. I have I have half baked if you need something to bring up your blood sugar what's half baked half baked ice cream oh no I okay eat that. well i don't know lactose um, intolerant i did the 23 oh. and me <gasps> and it tells me that i'm likely lactose intolerant which i already knew because it doesn't make my stomach feel good oh my god i did 23 and me as well oh really what yeah. are you well um i have i the, the, the cilantro tastes like soap which i already oh, yeah, knew i don't have that um i have a chance of getting lung cancer oh where also, does it tell you that oh i got i got the, i did that too but it didn't i had no i'm not a carrier for anything bad i'm a carrier for my my birth parents they they really gave me some oh. good genes so does that mean that it said likely or whatever like, like more likely to and there's like I got the 23 and me done before the FDA had like put a hold on like all of the things that you could reveal to somebody oh so I didn't get all the no. things so oh. um yeah so I got like a thing that talked about all of the things that the that I might be predisposed to mm. certain diseases or whatever, blah, 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 like, um, arthritis, which I already have, like mm. I have bad arthritis, um, and uh, like some other stuff. Um, but that, what about the map? Are you, what are you? you oh, up? I'm a hundred percent. I'm a hundred percent European. My oh, dad was from too. Ireland. Okay. So, um, I am, I was really hoping for something more exciting. I was like 0.3% Native American. Okay. It was the most exciting thing and everything else was just like Europe, European. Yeah. I'm just, I really, I'm, I'm 87% Ireland. Whoa. And then 
the rest is English with like a tiny bit of, I think like French and Dutch, mm. like mm-hmm. that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really, really interesting. Like biology, genetics, where one comes from. And like, I really wanted to know because I didn't have any information. Um, I, di- I didn't. Are you ha- adopted? I am adopted. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So I had no, <laughs> I don't know why my instinct was <laughs> to say congratulations. Thanks. And I know it's not. Well, you, know, you got adopted. That's great. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm really falling apart. I really kept it together. Congratulations, Congratulations on your adoption. On it you're not to, like things that you're not supposed to say when you find out um, someone's adopted because you don't know if they they probably have complicated feelings about it. But then you just step right in it. I'm really good at doing that. No, it's, I sorry mean, about that. It makes for really great comedy. Oof. <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> no, it makes for it makes for good comedy. Um, you know, and, and again, like I'm, I really am like so grateful for like every single thing that like I've, I've, I've gotten to experience in my life because it's, it's led me to where I am now and it's led me then to have more compassion and to have more empathy mm-hmm. and to, I feel like if you have an experience in your life and then you don't share it, Mm -hmm. Um, what's the point? So I feel like nothing in my life has happened in vain. Mm -hmm. You know, every experience I've been given and afforded, um, allows me then to be of service to someone else in one way or another. Um, So my congratulations wasn't inappropriate. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It, it, do you know about your birth parents? Yeah. Did you ever find out? Yeah. Are they, where are they? Well, my birth mom is dead. So is my birth dad. Um, My birth dad died January of 2015. And then three months later, my adoptive dad died. Oh, my God. Um, And my birth mom has been dead since 2007. Did you know her before or when you kind of investigated her, you found out she was dead? No, when I found her, she was alive. And then she died two years later. Um, was living as a psychic down in North Carolina Whoa. and did I, she, die? she died of, um, like a heart attack or something. They like didn't find her body for like five days. Oh, boy. Um, and uh, with my birth dad, I had been told <laughs> by, I had been told by my adoptive family and my birth mom that my birth dad was dead mm. and uh, like long story, very short the person that I was with at the time, their family was very metaphysical and they had like a psychic light worker person that they like saw. And I'd wanted to find out like where my birth dad was buried because mm-hmm. I wanted to, you know, go visit his grave. Mm-hmm. And I used to like pray to him when I was a kid, mm-hmm. you know, I had this idea of this like Colin Farrell, type, you know, that had like blue jeans and a motorcycle jacket and motorcycle boots and a white shirt and just was like a, you know, melancholy poet that Mm -hmm. like had a really soft heart. And this woman was like, oh, your birth dad's not dead. He's alive and a lot closer than you think. And I'm like, I'm a New Yorker and as open as I am, I'm skeptical. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, what the fuck are you talking about? No, he died of cirrhosis of the liver. Mm -hmm. Like he died and then cut to 
I kept on hearing her say this in my head. And oh, that's my parking. Oh, and um, and with that, I reached out to the woman that had helped me find my birth mom. And less than 24 hours later, I'm on the phone with a thick Irish brogue talking to my birth dad who was living 20 minutes away from me in the Bronx. Oh my God. Yeah, I know. And then cut to, you know, like everybody, every family has secrets. Yeah. And my adoption was, there was something that was off and I never got a straight answer and I would get in a lot of trouble when I was a kid and I would ask, Oh yeah. you know, like, um, it was not to be talked about at all. And, um, so when I started to see these photos of my birth dad and I, and I was like, wait, I recognize that clothing. Mm -hmm. I I recognize that clothing and getting to see that, oh, like my adoptive mom knew that he wasn't dead because I was visiting him at like the social services place. Oh, wow. You know, like it was really fucked up and strange. Um, and I know that you have to go. So on that on note, that note, geez, Louise, <laughs> we should have been talking about that the whole time. Yeah. Well, you it's know, really interesting. You'll come back. I want to know more. We'll about talk it. more. I, I, I will be more than okay. happy to share more with you. Um, that's wild. I know. I, that's life though. Right. It's yeah. like, but did you ever end up getting a straight answer? No, I never. Is your mom alive still? Your adopted mom? We haven't talked in about five years. Oh, okay. And that was, um, you know, one of the psychic. hardest decisions that I had to make, but also the most necessary for my um, spiritual, emotional, mental well-being. Yeah, I can relate. Yeah. And, um, you know, but like, again, with that, you know, I, and I don't mean that to sound like in a fucking Pollyanna-esque way. No, but, like, I mean, I, I, I'm a very positive person person so I never think that that I don't think being cynical is yeah it's like I had to me I had to experience all of the I had to experience all of the moments of what love was not Mm -hmm. I had to experience all of the moments of um being distrustful Mm -hmm. in order to then now have the experience of um really knowing what love is, yeah. like what trust is, mm-hmm. what that looks like. Totally. Yeah. Um, and so it's, I'm, and I love where I am today and I'm grateful. So like, it's, it's all worth it. Um, so like with that, I will say, um, what can we expect next from you? Um, I have things that I'm writing and, um, I'm on beep this year I was on it last year I'm on it again this year fucking awesome um and then I don't know we'll see yeah yeah okay and I'll 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 ask this I'll let's let's end with this question when was the last time you listened to your intuition I uh I mean I feel like I'm always listening to my intuition I feel like that's all I listen to okay so what did your intuition say last well my intuition actually said last um don't park in that parking garage park at this meter that'll be fine and then you don't need that much time it's okay because you need to go anyway 
So don't, but now I'm like, oh, but what if I get a ticket? And then I, that maybe that wasn't. And then what I'm really, what I've been thinking about the last five minutes is I should have just parked in the parking garage. It actually was cheaper than parking on the street and where parking meters. So the last time I listened to my intuition, I was wrong. Okay. But that's fine. Okay. Well, we're going to let you go so you can run to your car and get dinner and elevate. Well, no, dinner is later. I have a, I have a, a work. Okay. Well, thing. I have to elevate your blood with. sugar. So I will. Can... I will. Um, and maybe I'll, if this, if this isn't a total disaster, we'll come back and we can finish. Oh my God. I would love that. And I want to work with Although, you. Although, yeah, I would like that too. Although whoever is listening to this might be like, that girl doesn't know what she's doing. Please don't ever have her on again. <laughs> you know what? I want don't to have you back on. have her on again. Well, you know what? That listener, you know. Like, to sorry. that listener who's like, Ugh, what a waste of my time. You're right. I'm sorry. I'll do better next time. <laughs> you only give me a chance. Just some topic. Maybe you can send some topics to talk about. Okay. Or things that you didn't like, ways that I can do it better. I'm always interested in doing better. Okay. That's, so, we'll do that. I learned a lot. A lot of don'ts. Uh, well... Yeah, I'm I'm so grateful. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. And your cute dog has been really good company. Yeah, tag along. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.